Log Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is Camille from sunny California, and you're listening to the Coffee Chat with Camille show, which is a podcast series that interviews various guests about real-life topics for people who love to learn. Hello? Hi, Julian. Hey, how's it going? Wonderful. Um, I want to go ahead and get started. with. The, I'm sorry, okay. I had a few little technicals there. I apologize. Oh, and no I worries thank, <laughs> And I want to thank you for rescheduling and being so patient with me. Um, and I've been looking forward to our interview. And so let me go ahead and get – it's uh, 10 questions, by the way. Okay, so we're going to start with what can high-performing athletes teach entrepreneurs and business leaders about sustaining peak performance? Okay. And uh, um, so the first thing when we think about athletes and peak performers, and let's look at LeBron James. I always like to look at LeBron James, Messi, or even Ronaldo. And we'll look at Messi right now. Messi, I believe, is in his mid-30s right now. And he just won the World Cup and everything. And they see the guy on the field performing and everything. But it's really a lot of the the behind-the-scenes that makes him who he is as we're watching him. In particular, it's the recovery aspect. And a lot of times, high performers – we are always have our foot on the gas pedal. It's go, 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 go. How much more can I do? More capital, more capital, more resources, more money, more this, more that, more that. And we never really stop to take the time to balance that out in some semblance, some form or fashion and focus on the recovery aspect of things. So it's really learning to manage our recovery that's then going to help us perform and have this longer sustained performance. Wonderful. And then what is the critical mistake that most traditional executive health programs make? Yeah, it's focusing on, it's operating more from a reactive state instead of a proactive state. And it's focusing on what I call sick care. So if you did not, a lot of times in the States here, it's, you'll go somewhere and if you're not showing the actual physical symptoms of a particular issue, odds are you're not going to be able to get some of the lab testing that it, that would be beneficial for you because you're not physically showing any symptoms. And so a lot of times here, you have to be sick before you can actually get some of the best testing that could help you. And, and that's backwards. And so it's, it's, um, it's, it's, To sum that up, it's not focusing enough on the preventative care aspect. Mm -hmm. Okay. And thank you. And despite being successful in your business, why do some entrepreneurs and executives struggle with their health? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's a a multi – you know, I've I've been rethinking that because sometimes I I make some of these – I've been making some of these mistakes myself. And Mm – 
it's the, it's the new year, and I know there's one thing in particular. It's the new year, and there's this proverbial seesaw that a lot of people get on. So right now, I think a lot of people are on their best behaviors with their health because it's still the new year. It's, it's it's not too far yet away from the new year, so everybody still has those resolutions, those goals right now. And a lot of times those people will accomplish those goals two, three months out. They'll hit that initial benchmark goal. But then what happens is at the end of that, there's nothing left for them to do. They haven't set of the they haven't made the critical junction of what's next. And so what happens mm-hmm. then is that if you if you don't have something in place, you're gonna revert back to your old habits. And so what happens is they get on this proverbial seesaw. So it can look like someone I lost ten pounds and then it just came back. And then I lost I gained I lost ten pounds and it came back. And so they did not have what's next when it comes to their goal setting because optimal health is a continual cycle. So it's think of this like a soap opera. Whereas soap operas have been going on for thirty years. Some of them are. And there's always a storyline that continues. There's always something that, that leads up to the next thing. And this is how our health is. So if this phase is just about weight loss, then what's the next phase going to be? And then this is always going to keep you focused. And the next thing is kind of goes back to our recovery conversation with, with the first thing with the athletes is that in business, generally, the more capital you have, the more resources that you can allocate, which is then typically going to lead to more growth for your business. In this situation here with health, you can't just do more and more and more. You can't just do CrossFit seven days a week and be on a very strict diet and do all these different biohacks without looking at the totality of the program and seeing if it actually makes sense and incorporating things like recovery and stress reduction. And so those are the two main things is treating, falling into the concept of more equals better and then also not answering the question of what's next when it comes to your weight loss goal or whatever the, whatever type of health goal that you have and to, to keep you focused on a health mindset and not reverting back to old habits. Okay, excellent. And then why is sleep so critical to an entrepreneur and business leader? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you think about sleep, sleep is literally connected to every single facet of our life. It's also connected to – if you from a business perspective, it's it's connected to every organizational aspect as well. The same things that – let's look at it. There's a lot of different angles that we can take with sleep here, and so we'll use a business example right now. So one of the critical aspects of being a great business leader is having emotional intelligence, as they call it, being persuasive, being charismatic with others. And you start to lose that a little bit, and there's actually been studies on this. And you can see that someone who's chronically sleep-deprived, they will start to have different activities in their brains. And what I mean by this is we can, we can think about two critical areas here. We can think about our amygdala, and we can think about our prefrontal cortex. And our prefrontal cortex is our logic and reasoning. And our amygdala is an older, more primitive state. And so you're going to usually act out of just emotion, raw emotion from that state. So individuals that are sleep-deprived, what's going to happen is their prefrontal cortex, they're going to have lower activity and increased activity in the amygdala. So to translate that, you're going to have someone who's 
acting less out of logic and reasoning and acting more out of just emotions and feelings. And that's not the best thing. You know, think about an investor who's managing people's funds or even their own funds. If they're acting out of emotion, they're not going to make the, the best decision. Think about someone who's leading others. They're going to be a little short-tempered. They're, and, and think about even just from our everyday relationships. If you're short-tempered with the person, you're going to snap at them a lot quicker, and you're just not going to be in the optimal frame of mind. And then lastly, with the weight loss, when you think about sleep, there's, there's a University of Chicago study that I always talk about. And one, one group slept about seven hours, seven, seven and a half. The other was around five to six, I believe. And they both lost the same amount of weight, but the group that slept the seven, close to the seven, seven and a half range, they actually lost more body fat. Whereas the other group, they lost weight, but a lot of, but some of it was a little more muscle and, and just water. And so that's affecting our lean body mass. And so that is a very critical juncture and it's also affecting our hormones as well with sleep and so there's so many things with sleep it's such a fascinating subject hey um thank you so much what's the success paradox and how does it affect our health and relationships Mm -hmm. yeah so generally when you think about success we always i always say we glorify it or we see the highlight reels We, we, we 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 become enamored with like, wow, this person has everything. This person's doing this and doing that. But what we don't see on the other side of that, and it's usually not televised or publicized, is that with more success is typically going to come more responsibilities. It's going to become more pressure, more stress, because there's higher expectations of you. There's Typically, then there's more people dependent on you. And there's also a sense of you never want to go back to day one of when you first started out on whatever venture that you have, because it's it's very painful. It can be lonely at those at that very day one beginning when um, I think about with writing or even with podcasting. I think about when I had no readers, I had no listeners, and you're at this very beginning thing. <laughs> it's a very it's a very uncomfortable stage. And mm-hmm. so when you get a little success there, you have this pressure and you have this thing in the back of your head that you don't want to go back there, and, but I have all this extra pressure now and expectations. And what that does is you have all these things going in your life, and you inadvertently a lot of times you push your well-being to the side. And it's not out of negligence, but it's just out of you really want to take care of maybe other people in your life, take care of, of different business partners and all these other responsibilities. And so your health just subtly slides to the back end, and it doesn't become a problem again until, once again, something shows up and then you're like, Oh, I need to work on my health. Where did all this extra weight come from? Or why, why is my energy not what it once was? And then that's when health rears its ugly head. Wow. Okay. Um, let's see. Success paradox. So why do you think every entrepreneur and executive should have some sort of wearable technology? Yeah, so generally those types of people, and I'll include myself on there as well, is we have we have an ego. We have an ego, some larger than others, but we, we have an ego. We're stubborn. That's also our gift that has helped us in various aspects of our life, but it also can be a deterrent and a negative for us because we, we, we think we're invincible. We don't like taking advice from others. And the good thing about wearable technologies is it's data. And data doesn't really have any biases. Data is not going to take any side. Data is data. And 
what that is going to do then, it's going to give you a look. And I'll break this down into a couple of categories. The first thing that having some sort of data does is it gives you accountability. So it's one thing for somebody to tell you, hey, you should go, I think it'll be good for you to walk eight to 10,000 steps a day. And then you walk a little bit, it's like, oh, I think I got enough. And then you look at your wearable, it either reminds you that you haven't or it, it shows you that, hey, you're only at 4,000. So, so this is the accountability. The next thing is to tie in the first topic that we talked about is that this is, once again, going to help you be in a more reactive frame of mind. I mean, sorry, proactive frame of mind instead of reactive. Because usually with these wearables, you get a couple key vitals every day. You, you probably get your heart rate. You probably get your HRV. You probably get your respiratory rate. Some, most of them now, you'll get um, oxygen saturation. And what you're doing every day, you're getting a mini checkup every day. And over the course of time, you're going to learn what typical ranges, like my heart rate or my respiratory rate, is going to be in. So not only can you go to your doctor or go to your health coach or whoever and show them, hey, this is my typical ranges, this is what it's looked like the last month or so or three months, but you're also going to have this tool that if you start to become sick or feel ill, you're going to get notice usually a couple of days in advance because you're going to see that your heart rate may go up a little bit, your respiratory rate may go up a little bit, and you're going to say, okay, something's going on within my body right now. And so you get a couple extra days to take preventative measures and to help mitigate the severity of whatever's coming. And the last thing is that you're going to be able to have more precise inputs into your diet, into your supplement regimen, into your nutritional regimen, into your exercise regimen, because you're going to have this data here and you're going to be able to make a much more precise decision on what to do based on your data because it's uniquely um, yours and no one else's. So it's not a, a cookie cutter or tailored or a um, or just a templated plan, which a lot of these um, health programs are now. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then what's one universal nutrition tip that you think would benefit everyone? Oh, yeah. Mm. There's so there's so many with this, and I think at this time of the year, I think what's most appropriate is to really know yourself, know your own psychology, and okay. And what I mean by that is, there's so many different types of diets out there. There's so many different types of ways to eat out there that that are promoting all sorts of things. And at the the end of the day, you have to think about. How is this going to look three months from now or six months from now or a year from now? Is this actually sustainable with the life that I want to live? Because a lot of times the issue that comes with health is that health and your everyday life starts to butt heads. Because the health plan that you have, the nutritional regimen that you have is not congruent and and synergistic with your everyday life. So the first thing to do is think about what kind of life do I live? Is this type of eating that I'm going to embark on? Is this, can I make this work with with my everyday life? Or is this going to cause so much friction within my life that it's it's a struggle? It's, it's an arduous task to do every day. It shouldn't be so difficult. Maybe the execution sometimes is difficult. 
because you're tempted, but the actual plan should be simple and it should be synergistic with your everyday life. So if you're someone, for instance, who goes out to dinner a lot and maybe you like to eat a little carbohydrates, then I don't know if it makes sense for you to just um, force yourself to be on a diet where you're eating nothing but just meat and, uh, and depriving yourself because there's only so long that most people are going to be able to to uh, do that before they're going to break in and uh, give in. So that's the first. So that's the, the universal step is to really know your psychology and see if this fits with who you are as a person and and your everyday life. Okay, it's perfect. And are we our genes, or can we do something about it? Mm-hmm. No, we we are thankfully not our genes. Our genes, our genes, is clues to our past. But when it comes to our future, this is where the epigenetics comes in. And epigenetics, just as a literal term, means above the gene. And I like to think of this also, think of this as a hardware and a software. So you have the hardware, which is pretty set. But then that software in our computers is going to really tell the the whole operating system what to do. And this is how epigenetics works. So though I have a certain set of genes, the way I eat the way I sleep, the way I exercise, even the way I love, the relationships I have, the air I breathe, you know, the pollution, all these different things in the environment around us, we are dynamically interacting with it. And what that is doing is is telling certain genes to turn on, turn off, express, don't express. And so epigenetics is, I like to say, there's a a secret person inside of us that's that's a much higher level. And when we dial in the right inputs, we're going to unlock this secret character in us that is that is that has all this great potential. Wow. Okay. And then, what's one of the first steps that we can take to improve our health span and lifespan? Mm-hmm. It's to redefine to redefine what aging means to you. If you think about it, aging has a very bad reputation, still, in my opinion. A lot of people are afraid to get quote-unquote, chronologically older, because when you think about aging, you you generally think about, "Uh, I got this stubborn weight that I can't get off. You're a little colder than normal. You go to to sleep a little earlier and earlier. You're moving around slower than you used to. And in a nutshell, it just sounds like aging is something that is a lesser version of you, a lesser – a lesser version of you than what you used to be. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is to really redefine what aging is. Aging can be wisdom. Um, aging is you can still perform at a high level because now you have this experience that you have accumulated through life. So really sit and define what does opt- what is the optimal what is optimal health to you. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it smell like? Every single aspect of that with this optimal health that you have with this you know, graceful aging, what are you doing in life? And and really be vivid with this. Inc- think about the people, think about the, some of the experiences that you're going to have. And so it's, it's, it's visualizing this whole optimal health experience and, and to not, and to reprogram yourself out of this old paradigm of what people think about aging. Okay. And this is our last question. How can exercising become an entrepreneur's and executive's biggest competitive advantage? Yeah, so when you're building a business or when you're rising up the ranks of a company, 
there's a lot of emotions involved. There's a lot of there's a lot of just doubt and um, questioning. And there's a lot of things that you can't control. And sometimes you can lose confidence in those things. And I think exercise is something that you can fall back on because exercising is 100% in your control. You can control whether you put those shoes on to go outside and run. You can control whether you go to the gym or not. And exercise is something that we can rely on. We can we fully control control it. And so in a world where we don't control many things and that can affect our mental health, that can affect our emotions. Exercise is something that we can always rely on and that we can control. It can serve as that pillar for when life gets chaotic. It can serve as that outlet that we need when we're frustrated by something in our business or we're frustrated by something at our jobs. Exercise can serve as that outlet. I think about last night. I went and boxed for about five rounds and I punched my frustrations out. I felt so much better after I got done, just just from five rounds. And yeah. it's it's so it's it's a great outlet to have. And now it, it does, you know, thinking about some professional aspects is it helps with the BDNF brain derived neurotrophic neurotropic factor. So you're building new neurons. So in a nutshell. It's helping you become smarter. It's helping, um, it's helping you become smarter, thinking sharper on your feet. It's helping your executive presence. Executive presence, think of this as not just your appearance, but also the energy, the aura that you have, your posture, the way you communicate, and even the gravitas that you hold. You can usually tell people that exercise a lot. They're, they have this, this, this glow, this energy about them, and their posture is different. And in a world in business where Communication is only 7% verbal and 93% nonverbal. Those little small cues can be the difference between getting a deal and not getting a deal. And those are minor things that a lot of times our competition is not thinking about. A lot of times our competition is just thinking about, well, in this world of business now, it's hustle, 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 hustle. All we hear is about hustle. People brag about not sleeping, not doing this. And with exercising, you're training your body right there, but you're also training your mind for when you go back to work. Excellent. Okay. I I absolutely uh, want to thank you so much for um, being on my podcast and for all the information about our health. Um, and I'm sure our audience will appreciate this episode. Also, um, is there any kind of email handle that you want to let the audience know about or the listeners? Yeah, as far as to contact me or the website. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so either or. Yeah. So um I actually have a uh, a free report. Um it's seventeen actions that you can take today to start living a longer, healthier life. And it's at executivehealth.io forward slash report. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much, Julian. Um, you're just amazing, and I really, uh, I also see you're quite fit yourself, so you're a wonderful example of how we can do this, you know, and thank you for your encouraging words and all your knowledge. It was outstanding. Bye for well, now. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciated it. You're welcome. A pleasure. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, folks, that was wonderful. Julian Hayes II. I don't know what happened, but I think there was a little glitch in sound. So I will uh, reintroduce 
How to Improve Your Bed Experience to Live Longer is the title of our show. And um, I do want to give you um, a little bit about Julian. I'm going to read um, a different segment here about him. Who is Julian? He, this is in his words, excuse me. Monitor your health and maintain your edge. I'm here to help create a world where entrepreneurs, investors, and executives stop chasing success at the expense of their health. Instead, I envision these top performers looking, feeling, and staying at the top of their game with precision. I envision these people sharing their wisdom and expertise for an extra 60-plus years and ultimately running around with their great-great-grandchildren, not just seeing them. I envision a world where 100 is the new 40. Sounds crazy. Maybe according to normal humans. But you're anything but ordinary. If you're anything like me, you're used to being called crazy, weird, and many other things. With all this said, I know how complicated and demanding life can get for high achievers, For many, success can make a dark side. While most books and podcasts about success are about how to get there and often glamorize it, few pay attention to your struggles on the other side of the success. Success can be lonely. Your world can become smaller. Your pursuit of success and growth never stops, which can lead to you being on the cusp of burnout. You spent years building up your outstanding career and business. However, you can unknowingly fall into a success paradox where there are more responsibilities, expectations, pressure, and stress time for yourself. And there's an expensive cost for that, your health. Moving onward, most people think growing older and losing their edge is inevitable. But the truth is, The way in which you grow older is entirely malleable. With precision, performance, longevity, your chronological age rising doesn't mean your biological age will. You can turn the clock back and stay on top of your game at 40, 50, 60, and well beyond. I am an executive health consultant and epigenetic atelier. I run a boutique firm where we create and implement bespoke holistic high-performance health and longevity strategies, forward-thinking executives, investors, and entrepreneurs. We help monitor your health so you can maintain your edge. There's asset management for your wealth, and now there's asset management for your health. I'm going to stop there. There was more. So that was the wonderful Julian Hayes the second. Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to all of his wisdom, knowledge, um, (laughs) uh, and just pragmatic way of thinking about our health and giving of himself and sharing. Really appreciating. And I hope you all have a great rest of the week. Bye for now. Oh, sorry. Uh, Make sure you go to Coffee Chat coffeechatwithcamille.com and uh, for Julian uh, executivehealth.io forward slash report okay thank you guys bye
Bye for now. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.